0: everyone and welcome back to the show journey to siue is our theme for today but first did you know that you could stay up to date on all the news concerning the program and writing community at siue just follow us on twitter at siue underscore mfa and on instagram at siue.mfa and now enjoy the show Welcome back to the show, everyone. With me today is fellow MFA student Matt Sotman. Matt is currently in his second year of the MFA program here at SIUE and holds a master's degree in literature and teaching and writing from here as well. In addition to his responsibilities as a grad student, Matt teaches full-time at Alton High School. Thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: All right, so how these run, Uh, the first question is always, uh, what were you doing before SIUE and I know your answer is is going to be obviously anyone's answer is going to be different from uh, Another but uh, tell us a little
1: bit. What were you doing before coming here? So I came Originally from working at a middle school. I was working at Highland Middle School as a program assistant. So I worked with special special needs children and my goal was just to make sure that they had their learning accommodations met and it was during that time that I started looking into a master's because at that point I had been out of undergrad for going on pretty close to four years. It was probably closer to like three and a half. Uh, But having gone to school to be a high school English teacher and not teaching high school English at that time, I I figured I needed to do something else to kind of make myself stand out on the job market to try to uh, just make myself more marketable. So I ended up applying to SIUE in part because when I was an undergrad here, one of my professors actually pushed me and uh, said that, you know, one day you should come back here and you should apply for the literature program. And um, my partner, who uh, I've been dating for close to five years now, we were already together at this point, and she was going through the teaching of writing program, so... What I ended up doing is I started out applying for the lit program but I ended up approaching degrees like they're pokemon and I have to catch mm-hmm. them all. So I ended up about uh a semester into my lit program adding an additional specialization and and doing both. While that time I started being um, a graduate fellow just the formal way of saying a TA anytime I'm at a conference, I always say that because for whatever reason, sometimes people associate the duties of a TA with someone who just grades papers. But, you know, as you know, as a fellow here, you know, we do a lot more, uh, for me, I guess it's more past tense, but we do a lot more than just grade papers. Right, you know, yeah. we, we teach, we design our curriculum within the parameters of, uh, the program. Uh, so, I had been working, or I've been here for about three years as the TA, and it was during my, right before my third year, that the MFA was really starting the, the take off, and I had taken a class with uh, one of the professors, Valerie Vogren, and as an elective, I, I took her class on flash fiction, and that class really helped me with my writing in terms of just thinking more about the economy of words. Um, a lot of the stuff I, I've written from 10 years ago uh, or so, even up to about five years ago, there's this like tendency to be overly wordy, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of emulation of just the Gothic style of writing that you find with like people like Poe or Lovecraft, where it's just like really everything that's being said could probably be said in far fewer words than on the page. Um, And so that class was really important, and because of that, I ended up having the first piece of fiction that I have ever had be published. Uh, And Valerie kind of pulled me aside and told me more about the MFA program, and uh, I had already kind of considered somewhat applying at that point because of all the classes I had taken as part of my program, put it to where I didn't really have to do much. For the old MA uh, requirements, but uh, I just decided to take advantage of that opportunity, especially because with it being its first year, it's going to be a smaller cohort, mm-hmm. uh, so it would be a chance to really get to know each other as writers and get to work with professors at a, a more intimate level on in craft than might have happened if this was a program that was farther along.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so I, I there were so many... Good
1: tidbits from that response. Um, I'm curious,
0: was that first published piece, was it a flash piece? Or yeah, it
1: was it? a okay. flash piece. The first piece of flash fiction I've ever had published, it is called uh, A Bestiary for a Former Lover. And uh, I don't know if it's on the River Bluff Review's website. I gave permission for it, but I know that sometimes those things are, uh, those permissions are given, but then they don't actually <laughs> lead anywhere. sure. sure.
0: And then you also mentioned sort of, I mean, it sounded like you obviously have had a good experience with SIUE, because as you say, I love that phrase, you're, you are you got to catch them all, all these degrees, some like an Ash Ketchum or something. And uh, so obviously you, you've enjoyed your time here, and it sounds like timing sort of played a role, at least in the MFA, and, and thinking around class size, and it sounded like you've, you've had a nice relationship with Professor Vogren. Is there any other... Factors that stood out in terms of ultimately saying, "All right, I'm
1: doing the MFA." Um. I mean, ultimately, it, it was part. Of, it was largely the convenience factor and the fact that I had so many of the credits already done. I didn't have to worry about transferring over and having to retake coursework. Mm-hmm. I know it's not probably the most exciting answer in the world, but, but well, I mean, it's <laughs> honest.
0: I I have a feeling that we have listeners that are in the area or future applicants that are gonna be from around here and I, I think that's, uh, that is worth saying, you know, that mm-hmm. there is um, a convenience to um,
1: keeping with a, with a school and a program that you're gonna feel comfortable with for, mm-hmm. for a number of reasons. Well, especially too if they are someone who is interested in multiple directions that English goes. I mean, obviously, it's a lot to try to do in terms of multiple programs at once, but there are ways of doing it if a person's willing to spend that extra time. Yeah.
0: So do you, um, this is sort of a different question, but do you feel like you have some sort of ideas in mind for what you want to do with the MFA? What What do you think, um, are there any opportunities you think that are going to, sort of arise from holding now this degree, or is it more just you want to improve your craft as a writer?
1: I think at this point it's definitely more craft. I, I went into it thinking about opportunities, because when I started it, I didn't have my job teaching high school that I currently have. Um, was, I, I wanted just to diversify as much as possible. and Plus, I've taught uh, community education uh, creative writing before, but the downside of having done it is I didn't have the formal training I I wanted to be able to back that up to not just say, hey, I've done this, but look, I, it, it should count for something. It's...
0: Yeah. Um, and when you when you mentioned the community writing, are you speaking at all to like the right sort of the aspects of the program here that gets you involved in the community? Yeah, it, it's community?
1: very similar. So I worked for it was about yeah. two years for a Southwestern Illinois College as part of their community education program. And during that, uh, I taught a couple classes. I taught creative writing, also taught the history of heavy metal. And uh, yeah, the creative writing session, it made the most times. So I think I taught it maybe like four, four to six times. And I just deal with a lot of adult learners. Uh, I had some people who are actually like professors from SIUE. I would, so I, I don't know or I remember her name, but she's in the communications department. And when I used to teach here as a graduate fellow, sometimes we'd have students in common. Oh. And so she would tell them, oh yeah, I had that guy before. Uh, but and it is fun too, because adults, when they come to creative writing, they have more lived experiences to inform what they're their writing. Uh, or they've read more texts so they can get new, interesting, creative ideas. Um, which is not to say that Teenage writers don't have those too, but it's just different. I I can work with a group of adults and it's not too uncommon for at least someone in that group to have something that I feel like could be publishable. Whereas with teenagers, it's more about how can I help them either find their voice, refine their voice, uh, experiment, just communicate an emotion. Uh, So they're, they're different aims. Right. Or just understanding craft, you know, understanding,
0: Mm -hmm. you know, what is literary or what is genre or what Mm is, you know, giving them, yeah, sort of like a language. Um, Another thing I wanted to ask you, again, just sort of as a follow-up, because you sort of mentioned the economy of words and what that flash class sort of helped you Mm -hmm. uh, unearth in your own writing. I'm curious, do you feel like your writing has changed at all from starting the program till now? I mean, I'm sure it has, but can you speak a little bit to that?
1: I mean... For one, I think about point of view way more than I ever did before. I think I used to just think about point of view in a broad sense where it was just like, yeah, this is a third-person piece or this is a first-person piece, but I wouldn't think about how paragraphs themselves relate to point of view because if you have a paragraph that incorporates multiple points of view, you risk disorienting your reader, which sometimes that's intentional. Uh, You know, if you are writing something... And you are trying to make your reader feel discomfort or lost in space. There are those are techniques you can use playing with point of view, but if your story deals with other subject matter or you're concerned that your story could end up being misread because it's disorienting the reader too much, you know, being able to kind of step back and think, how does this element work? Uh, because one thing I feel like can happen when people don't think about craft as much and they might get caught up too much with just reading is they can end up in a situation where they're reading authors, even if they're contemporary authors, and get so caught up in theme that they lose sight of how to engage with that. Uh, You know, you can get to the point where you have some really layered imagery that's complex. It's fun to chew on, so to speak. But if you're not thinking about some of these more formal elements of story, you know your your story is great for you, but it's not going to reach as many people. It may not be publishable. Right. Um, and I think one of the most difficult things for any writer is to be able to step away from their work. And actually see it through another person's eyes Mm -hmm. so if we wanted to say what's an additional advantage of a program like this you know it is that ability to have other people you know look at your work and be able to kind of just help you think about audience awareness because yeah when you write you can always think okay I'm writing for an audience if you don't have specific people in mind it's a lot harder to to try to reach that target
0: Sure, yeah. I mean, I almost would love to have another conversation with you just around workshops in general, because I feel like it would be interesting, and, you know, there is uh, there's definitely something to be said for, you know, knowing that your work is going to be read by the specific group that's going to give it time and attention, and, um, yeah, I I feel like um, the fact that you're, I know for, for a fact, right, because I'm in a workshop with you, that I've always appreciated sort of how your honest feedback, right, and I mm. feel like one of the advantages of here is it is a close-knit, tighter group, and we are pretty honest with each other while being, you know, constructive. Um, and you're you're sort of good at picking out these right theme and, and sort of questioning, pushing you off it a little bit, like, well, what are you doing that's different, you know, with mm-hmm. it? And I, I feel like that's just an advantage. Do you think that, that close-knit uh, sort of community or the smaller class size, is that one of the... Th- One of the aspects of the program that you've enjoyed uh, a lot here, or are there other uh, features of uh, of the MFA program at SIUE that you particularly enjoyed?
1: I mean, for me, I definitely associate those two together. And I think that's largely because most of my coursework I completed before starting the program. So, in my head, even if some of the credits count towards it, I I think of those courses as more related to one of my other programs. I do like, in general, just the different options that are available for people in terms of what their electives can be. Um, I mean, a lot of the classes that are offered here at SIUE, especially when I was working for my uh, master's, I mean, they changed as who I am fundamentally. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first class I ever took in grad school was a black feminist diaspora class. And as someone who... thinks of himself and thought of himself as being fairly progressive i just at that time i just haven't hadn't thought through race enough Mm -hmm. hadn't uh, i understood feminism fairly well but it still was like working in a public school uh system especially with highland uh, where i worked it was it's predominantly white Mm -hmm. like there was some class diversity but not much and so when you're in that environment even if you're aware of oppressive forces it can be really easy to kind of not necessarily become complacent just kind of to, to let the blinders stay on instead of yeah, resisting um so it was nice with classes like that because they just helped me break down a lot of things that i had internalized before and i mean that in turn comes over into my creative writing to work too so it's not just You know working on myself not right yeah yeah
0: no i'm like very much of this belief that working through fiction and trying to write and understand you know what it is you the writer is trying to get on the page that it just makes you more empathetic it just makes you more self-aware all these good things i feel like come out of it Um, might be a natural segue to just one final thing before we wrap up um do you have, and I know, I mean, maybe you don't have any sort of news to share with listeners that's uh, very specific, but I'm wondering if you have any plans for, I don't know, your fiction for this term, or if you've already started thinking about the thesis, or really just anything at all you'd like to mention um, or speak to sort of before you're going?
1: I'm, I'm definitely trying to find a home for one of my stories, um, a story I wrote last semester called... Jack Hoffman's universe, it's probably, at least for a long-form uh, short story, because it's 33 pages, it's probably my favorite thing that I've written because of how the voice works on the page, the way it plays around with time and space. Um, I haven't looked too much into where I could publish it yet, though, but I definitely want to find a space for that. Um, You've been working on that for... A long time. Yeah, because I started that story back in August before workshop. Uh, Right now, I'm trying desperately to finish my story for my uh, upcoming workshop. Uh, I've been playing around with some of the influences that I've been teaching. One of the advantages of teaching high school is sometimes I spend some substantial time with some stories. So uh, lately, my seniors have been reading, like Ursula Le Guin's, the ones who walk away from O'Meela's. They are, they're about to read uh, Ray Bradbury's The Martian Chronicles. And so this story that I'm working on right now takes influence from those sources, especially Ray Bradbury, in the sense that it's a story that plays around with convention, but it has your small-town feel to it. Um, very weird, folkloric kind of sense. Uh, Definitely borrowing some tonal influence from Karen Russell. That's really
0: cool. Right, and do you feel like you're, you're very much conscious when those things are coming out in your writing? Or do you find that sometimes almost subconsciously you get to writing and you're like, oh, well, that sounds like this piece I've read?
1: Uh, it's a mix. I mean, sometimes things are very conscious. Sometimes I'll have weird jokes that emerge I don't intend. Uh, I People oftentimes find my writing funny but oftentimes I approach my writing not with humor in mind it just happens Uh, I think it's just the way my voice comes across through narration Uh, but like I uh, I had a story that I put in a workshop last year and it had a hero motif to it and the parents ended up being Thomas Mallory Mm -hmm. and I didn't think about the death of King Arthur (laughs) whenever I was writing those names but it just came through my subconscious Um, and that type of thing happens every so often
0: yeah well um, that's really all the questions I had for you I really appreciate you taking the time in your very busy schedule I know the life of a full time high school teacher and it is it's a lot you know on top of all the effort that goes into what we're doing here in the program so thank you so much Matt I really appreciate it
1: you're welcome
0: Thanks for listening everyone Join me next week on Writers in the World for interviews with authors Chad Simpson, author of the short story collection Tell Everyone I Said Hi joins me to discuss story collections short forms of fiction and current projects Until then